What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Today, we continue our series on the perfect summer after a year of lockdown. We spent our first week looking at how connecting with others is hugely important, not just for our own health and wholeness, but as part of how we were created. Connecting with others brings life. Last week, we looked at connecting with God and saw that trusting God, spending time meditating on God, and even inviting a sense of awe into our lives made uh, us better people. Trust God and you'll connect with him more. Now in this third week we are celebrating Father's Day and reflecting on how looking inward can make us better people. Good dads can become great and the same for moms when you are in touch with yourself and you use the gifts and talents God has placed inside you, good things happen. Well, let's hear our scripture for today from Joe. He's going to come up again, and he is going to share with us from the Epistle to the Romans, a letter from the Apostle Paul writing to Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians who are at odds with one another. How do we live this Christian life when we are so different from one another? Paul's answer, we live this new life in Christ. Here now, uh, Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be tr transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. And from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 29. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we want to be an inclusive community, passionately following Jesus Christ. May our pursuit of new life in Christ lead us to all sorts of amazing discoveries about ourselves, our world, and you. Bless us as we consider your words for us on this Father's Day. Amen. Uh, years ago, I had to take a test. It wasn't for a grade in school or to advance in my career. It was a test of how I handle adversity. 
the school I was in made every student take this test to see how they were, uh, if they were mentally prepared for the tough emotional challenges that come along with pastoral ministry. So I took the test, not too concerned with how I would score, and then I sat down with my professor to review it. He told me I did fine, but that there were some answers I gave that signaled some trouble that I might have down the road. They made some suggestions that eventually led to one of my great loves in life. When I was younger, I was always rushing. I was always trying to get as much done as fast as I could, but of course there was never enough time. So I had to slow down. I had to give my mind a break. I had to rest so that I could be at my best when I most needed it. The great love that came into my life at that time was drinking tea. I know that sounds a little strange, but I didn't grow up drinking coffee or tea. So the first time that I boiled water, uh, steeped my tea bag, and slowly sipped my chai tea, I was hooked. Not so much because of the flavor of the drink, but because I was finally giving my mind the pause that it needed. I've since learned that this rhythm of work and rest isn't just good for us when we feel drained. It's good for us all the time. We are more productive at work if we intentionally take breaks after every hour or two of work. We are more creative when we take time to wonder and ponder the world around us. The go, go, go culture that usually dominates most of our lives is specifically destructive and undermines what we most need in order to thrive at work, at home, and in all of life. Learning to slow down and reflect on what was happening has made me mentally tougher than I thought possible. Sometimes God gives us gentle reminders of the things we learn, and sometimes we are hit over the head with them. Uh, I got a gentle reminder this week, and I'm grateful for that. I was in my office, and I noticed a magazine that had been sitting there for a long time. It was probably months old, so I picked it up and was about to put it in the recycling bin when I noticed the cover article was about art and faith. The person on the cover was a man named Makoto Fujimura, which seemed strangely familiar to me. When I opened it up and saw he had written a book, I knew, I realized I had previously watched him introduce a new concept for me, the art form of Nihonga, also known as slow art. God was reminding me to slow down, look inward, and to use the gifts God had given me. In slow art, you have to pulverize different elements. Then when you layer them onto the canvas, it takes a long time for it to dry. So literally, you have to wait and watch paint dry before you can move on. But what it does is add these amazing layers to the artwork, creating texture and dimension. Uh, here are just a few examples of Fujimura's work. This first one is called Fire and Water. Uh, the second is In the Beginning. And this last one is called Golden Sea. He connects his art with many biblical stories, but what I love is the symbolism behind the art process itself. These elements were crushed painstakingly added to the canvas, and then the final result is this magnificent work worth thousands of dollars. The pain, then being patient and tough while things are bad, creates something of incredible value. There's another traditional art form Fujimura uses called 
kintsugi, uh, where a pot or pottery is broken and then reassembled. As it's glued back together, the cracks are filled in with gold, and this shattered, worthless clay becomes this incredible, ornate cup or plate. If it's done right, something worthless suddenly becomes invaluable. That is exactly what this season of Pentecost is about. The Spirit flows, and in Christ, we move from broken people who can't slow down, who want to quickly get past the challenges in life, to these invaluable creations of the Almighty. Romans 12 is reminding us of this. The Apostle Paul invites us to be a living sacrifice, meaning our whole lives are handed over to God. Now, uh, usually we interpret that act of handing our lives over to God as the end of ourselves. It means I can't do what I want anymore. No fun for me. But that's not it at all. In verse 7, Paul essentially says, give yourselves over to your ministry. Bring your whole self, bring everything you are, and bring it to bear on this ministry that God has placed before you. That means bring your creativity, bring your art, bring your gifts, and your skills. Let who God has made you to be flow out into this world. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities, but when we bring our whole selves and work together, these different parts of Christ's body in coordination with each other can accomplish the will of God. How incredible is that? Last week, our music director was sick, and our backup musician happened to be gone preaching at another church. So we had to bring in our third-string musician, uh, that's me, uh, now, I am not terribly gifted musically. Many of you heard me play last week, and you were very generous in your comments afterward. Not one of you complained about my music bursting your eardrums, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but when I play guitar, I always think how there is only one reason that I play that instrument. When I was little, my dad played guitar. He would play songs for the family that were silly when we were little, or worship songs when, uh, that he had written himself in praise of God. And those worship songs I grew up with are engraved on my soul. I have always wanted to bless others the way that my dad blessed me when he played guitar. And these days when I play uh, for my own children, they always ask me to play songs about them. So I'll play a few chords and make up some silly lyrics. But what I am perhaps most proud of is when Davey, my oldest son, told me he wanted to play guitar. He practiced for months and months and on his recital day played a beautiful rendition of Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. That's a legacy. That's a dad who poured into a son who became a dad and poured into his son. Three generations praising God on guitar. 
Now, I know you didn't come to hear about me, though. I spoke with Natasha this week. She's one of our Sunday school teachers, and she has brought her gifts and talents to bear on her family and her home. Uh, the pandemic was a great excuse for her to make these whimsical creations on screen. These are the gnomes that the family has been obsessing over. We have another of her little one holding what I believe is a ceramic elephant Natasha made. What a face you see there. Uh, she also does woodwork and has done all kinds of great things with that. I love the hidden message here, be the good. Bring your whole self to whatever you do. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and lead you like it does for Natasha. One last example, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, some of you might say, well, I'm not an artist. I'm not musical. Remember, we are members of a body. We each have different gifts and skills. Uh, I had a phone call with Judy Ann White. Many of you know her and her husband, Roger. Judy Ann was a longtime associate pastor here and has remained with the church in retirement. She was telling me about her son, Darren. Uh, Darren coached softball for years and years at Saddlebrook High School. He spent more than half of his life with that single program. But last year, he was recruited for the Ramapo High School team. Turns out there was a pandemic his first year, so it was no year at all. So this spring was his first time with a new team. As the new pastor here in Wyckoff, I can identify with how tough that transition must be, and especially in a pandemic. So I called him up, and we talked this week. He told me how he has just kept working hard and kept a positive attitude despite all the struggles. He's known for that spirit too, keeping the energy and enthusiasm high, building bonds among the team with trips to Disney before it was popular or chance that gets the team's blood flowing. So he comes over to a new team bringing that same spirit. And just last week, uh, Ramapo was playing in the championship game for the county in softball. We have a few more connections in our church to this team, too. Lauren is the granddaughter of uh, Lois, who is a part of one of our study groups. And Savannah is the granddaughter of Gay. Uh, Grace UMC was really representing in that game. And after going up 1-0, Savannah was up to bat. She ended up hitting a two-run homer. Apparently, that's why they call her Ringer. Is that right? Ringer. Oh, that's the other one. Okay, the two of them together. All right. Uh, Ramapo ended up winning the game 3-0 to zero and became Bergen County champions. The girls did great, and I know Darren is proud of them. And I asked him, what stands out for you as to why you were able to have this kind of success? And of course, he gave credit to the girls, but he said this. He said, anyone can sail a boat in smooth waters. It's when the seas are rough that the true test comes. He does everything he can to be calm, to be steady and at peace, even in those tense moments. He does that so that the whole team can be at their very best as they work together. Praise God. That sounds like he's done some introspection to put himself and the whole team in the best possible position to win. That's the Holy Spirit at work. To make a team great, you have to let the Spirit move. You have to let creativity flow and bring your whole self 
all that God has made you to be, to whatever ministry you find yourself in. It can take so many forms. It can be crafting or building or writing. It can be music or art or poetry, woodwork, and analytical minds and sports are all gifts God has given us. Pause to look inside. Examine yourself and the gifts God has placed in you. And bring all of it to bear on the ministry God has for you. For dads, let your children see the gifts God has given to you so that they can learn and grow from your example. Moms, you are uniquely gifted too. God has put something beautiful in each and every one of us that the world needs. So find your gift and share it with the world. If you do, you'll be a living sacrifice that can transform yourself and the world around you. It's a perfect way to spend the summer after a year of lockdown. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.